Welcome to the podcast of A Reasonable Christianity with Samuel Chisichetti, discussing the most important questions about the Christian worldview. All right, welcome uh, to the podcast of A Reasonable Christianity with uh, Samuel Chisichetti. How are you going, Samuel? Yeah, I'm good, Tom. How are you? Very good, good very stuff, good. Good stuff. Um, so this being our first episode, we wanted to discuss a little bit about some of the the most common objections or questions that people have when approaching Christianity. And I think one of the most uh, important questions is what we would call the problem problem of evil. And I think that could be summarized by when people uh, approach Christianity, uh, if they're a skeptic, maybe they approach Christianity. And one of the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, if, if God's so good or if God exists, why does he permit so much pain, suffering and evil in the world. Why, why does this exist? Why is it there? It seems that if God's real, this shouldn't be a part of our reality. Yeah. Um, so how would we go about addressing that? Okay. Well, first of all, thanks, Tom. Uh, as you're saying, this is our starting point uh, in, in this conversation and we will have, uh, it's going to be a, an ongoing conversation and you're, you're asking a, a very, very deep question there to start with. I don't know why you would start with something so deep, okay? <laughs> but um, it, it is a real, uh, a real question. Uh, this question need not to be dismissed, need not to not be looked at, uh, need to be assessed very carefully uh, with a lot of consideration, because evil is real, mm. pain is real, so is suffering. But I like the way you put it because you sort of uh, we, approaching this particular question we needed to be able to define our terms and to know what we're talking about. Mm. And I think it, it'll be quite reasonable uh, to put it in three categories, and I will explain why. The first category will be the problem of pain. Yep. Yep. And the second category will be the problem of suffering. And the third category will be the problem of evil. Right. Okay. So that's three categories we have there. Uh, which needs to be basically nutted out, which need to be opened up a little bit. Of course, yeah. And let's start with the problem of pain. Do we actually have a problem of pain? Well, let me first of all prelude by saying, <clears throat> if you've suffered a great deal of pain, uh, whether it is, you know, pain physically, uh, you know, pain is real, you know, no one should, should dismiss it and think, oh, I can just give you a good, flat out, reasonable answer. And that somehow takes takes away the pain mm. that you're suffering. Yeah. No, Pe people still go through pain. Exactly. Even if they might understand why they yeah, have pain, they yeah. still go through it. So we'll be striving to to to, to sort of create a, a space for understanding, uh, but it doesn't really necessarily mean it takes away the pain that you're feeling. And we sympathize with you, um, you know, who are going through a painful situation. Uh, and the same goes with suffering, and I'm, I will try to explain the difference between pain and suffering. Yep. They are not actually the same. And then I'll talk about the problem of evil as well. So uh, it's to say pain is real. Um, but let's start by saying that pain itself is a, um, uh, is a reality. It's, 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 it's part of the fabric. Mm. Uh, of our everyday life, I can say pain is a, a reality part of the fabric of the universe. Right, okay. Because let's look at pain from the physical point of view. Now, our body is made of a nervous system. This nervous system here 
that we have in our body is actually for the survival of the body itself. Right. Okay. No, we're not the only one as as sentient beings or just simply in a, any you know created uh, beings, if you will, that has a a, a nervous system. Mm. You can go from us who are you know at the top of the chain complex uh, you know creatures like humans to the single celled organism like amoeba. Mm. Uh, each one of these organisms have got a, a, a nervous system, right. which got its pan sensory mechanism, yeah. whose purpose is for survival. Right. If you prickle an amoeba, it will sort of coil. Mm. It's coiling because the pain mechanism that it has is so that it would avoid the things that would be, you know, uh, not productive to mm. the survival of the amoeba. Right. In the same way, if you're walking down the street and your foot hurts a stone, it hurts. So you can go, oh, you know, oh, that hurts. So you can avoid something that would damage your body. Yeah, absolutely. But think about little children. Like, you know, when a child, child is growing up, the first thing they get to learn that that's fire yeah. uh, is by touching it and it burns. <laughs> and so you remove your hand. Yeah. Your survival mechanism depends on the pain sensory mechanism of your nervous system. Yeah, yeah. So in a way, that kind of pain is actually a blessing. Mm. And I can imagine that people suffering uh, certain diseases which remove the ability to feel pain, that would just be a horrible existence because yeah. you're having to constantly check yourself. Am I burnt? Have yeah. I damaged something? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there are stories of people who would you know, wish to have their pain receptors back. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. is actually true that people who suffer from leprosy, and that's the biggest thing that uh, yeah. people who suffer leprosy, they, they lose their, uh, you know, nervous system, they start to sort of become defective. And so a person who's suffering from leprosy can actually lose their toes without even knowing they've lost them. Right. Uh, I heard the story uh, by, by a, a doctor who took care of uh, people with leprosy. I come, you know, originally from Africa, you get some, some a lot of cases of leprosy that way. And he was sharing uh, the, uh, the, his experience saying, yeah that if there was anything that most of his, his patient would be really praying for that God could do for them was not just simply to heal them from leprosy, even though that, that's a prayer, but the biggest one was that God will restore their pain sensory mechanism <laughs> yeah. so that they will be able to know when they are hurting mm. themselves because, you know, he will be probably putting his foot on fire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a very horrible. Like, you will be smelling that something is burning like a steak or something like mm. that. But it's actually the burning of their own foot and they can't feel it. Yeah. So in a way, the, the praying for that pain sensory mechanism to be restored yeah. is a blessing. And yeah. we, we here we are, we would like to minimize pain, pain to, to yeah. the best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the complete opposite. You want to be you, numbed yeah. from it. Yeah. But pain is actually a blessing. Absolutely. So, yeah. You're getting me hungry for a steak now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine, imagine a world without a nervous system. Imagine you without any ability to feel any pain whatsoever. You could break your leg without knowing. You could, mm. you could chop your arm without knowing. So yeah. we should thank God for pain. It's, it's a proper function. Would that be an accurate way of saying yes. it? It's a proper function of the human, human body yeah. that couldn't operate without it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in other words, pain is a blessing. Okay, let's just accept that yeah. to be the point. The second point, or the difference is suffering. Mm. Now, suffering is very different from pain. Uh, why? Because suffering uh, requires the first person awareness that which we have uh, uh, as human beings uh, to say, I am in pain. Right. 
okay? And so suffering is a, a, an emotional response to pain, mm. okay? And so there's the difference. The difference is that we suffer internally. Now, there's been a, a, an interesting, good, uh, great debate uh, to the, the level of consciousness. Uh, you know, if you look at all the, um, the, 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 you know, the, uh, all the beings, if you will, that, yeah. that, that exist, all the creatures that exist, from animals to, uh, to, to human beings, yeah. uh, to try to see, you know, it's, it's not a big, big, uh, big, big area of study. Uh, there's a book written uh, um, on the you know, suffering, uh, animal suffering. You know, it's it's called Nature Red in Tooth and Claw. I, okay. I'll try to check who is the, the author. I've just it's slipped in my mind. Uh, but which highlights the difference between how pain and suffering and the difference between the animal kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the point I'm making is suffering is an emotional response that is only within the dimension of human beings who can reflect on the pain mm. that they're having yeah. and be able to express that I am actually in pain. Like in a response kind of way. Yes. So yeah. uh, it's a response to the problem of pain. Now, yeah. the problem of pain is not just simply a problem that you, know, you, exp you experience pain from your own personal self, like yeah. from your nervous system. You can experience pain when you lose a loved one. Mm. Mm. Okay. It's a painful situation, but it is not affecting your your nervous system right. per it's se. A, you're the one not physically involved. Yeah, you're not physically involved, but the pain you're feeling in that sense is not a literal pain as the pain that you feel in your nervous system. It is an emotional suffering based on the loss of a loved one. Like mm. you know, you've lost your mom, you've lost your dad, you've lost your uncle or your brother, your sister, your cousin somebody you're close to, that when we use the word pain in that sense, it is a sort of not as literal pain, but it's a mm. metaphorical pain to say I'm suffering. Right, okay. Yeah. So I'm suffering the loss. I'm emotionally responding to the loss of my loved one. And that is a very different thing. Yeah. And do you think that gets often confused when people say, they say pain as a blanket category. They're often confusing the two. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, in most cases that's the case. Yeah. Where somebody's talking about the pain they're feeling, but you ask them, is it a pain on your physical body? They'll say no. Mm. It's a pain in their soul, mm. in their emotional self. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and therefore, uh, by saying pain, you sort of got to help categorize right. yeah. which pain are they talking about. I guess about. An, uh, an analogy there would be when people say, I'm suffering from a, a broken heart. My heart's been broken. Yes, they're exactly. They're not referring to their physical nervous system, yeah. but they're referring to their emotional response. Exactly. Like when somebody says, my heart has been broken, they don't mean that their actually literal heart yeah. organ was broken. <laughs> it's just the emotional yeah. self yeah. that has just been in a place of disappointment there. Mm. And so... And that's what we call suffering right? Okay. Uh, rather than just simply pain. So if we categorize that, we'll be able to sort of look at it mm. uh, in a different way. So having said that, then let's analyze the problem of suffering. Suffering can be caused by all sorts of events. Mm. Okay? That emotional response to the events. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you could have lost your job or you could have lost your house or mm. you could... There are sets of events that would trigger. Now, I'm not talking about what caused you to lose your job, right. what caused you to lose your house. Uh, those causes, we can talk about it later. It could be yeah. caused by evil, uh, but it, it also could be caused by just simply events that are natural events that are not evil per se. Right, like a, an earthquake or something. Yeah, think about, 
For example, we cannot really seriously say that an earthquake is an evil act because evil presupposes intent mm. and evil presupposes that there is good. And if you say evil and good, you, you, you presuppose a standard right. by which you compare the two so that you can yeah. know this is evil, that's good. And then by the standard, you therefore assume that there must be a standard setter. Yeah. Somebody who sets the standard by which we compare the two. Mm. So I'll come to the problem of evil in a moment. Mm. But what I'm saying is that, for example, when an earthquake happens, mm. so there's this shaking, the moving, uh, shifting of renewal of plate tectonic, for example, which causes uh, a destruction of certain things that might be dear to us. Like yeah. it might be my house. Yeah. Or it might be, you know, I lost something. Or someone, somebody who was dear to me, you know, that died in a tsunami. Yeah. So... These are the set of facts that are a result of this natural event. Mm. And these things cause us suffering. In other words, it's the response. I've lost my loved one and it's really causing me suffering because I am, you know, sort of, I'm missing them. Mm. Yeah. And therefore we can, as a way of saying, says, oh, that, that was terrible evil, that, that tsunami. Made, made my you know made me lose my brother or my sister yeah but i think we say that metaphorically because we don't we don't you know ascribe intent to tsunamis yeah yeah and so having said that so it's it's a, our response to the event yeah yeah the tsunami didn't say hmm i'm gonna make samuel hurt today so yeah. i'll kill his family exactly exactly but still the response we have is a real one we we we're experiencing this loss mm. and it's there you can't deny it yeah but, so, yeah, yeah, I think a question might be, though, that if we're assuming that God is in control, God's the creator of the universe, why, why, is he, why did he have these so-called natural events? Obviously, evils with intent is another question, yeah. but why, why would he create these natural causes yeah. which uh, produces, produces the suffering in the yeah. first place? Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a very, very good question, a very uh, a deep one. Uh, now, let's, let's look at it from the root of the question. So, if we had to take care of the suffering now, so yeah. in other words, the, the question asker is saying, well, that event is causing me suffering. And if mm. God is good and is, doesn't want me to suffer, why would you let such event happen? Yeah. Why not prevent that event altogether? Mm. And so we'll have to assess to, is it as simple as that? That preventing a tsunami from happening, tsunamis are caused by the shaking and the moving of plate tectonics. Mm. And, and, and that's what causes the earthquake under the sea, yeah. which causes these massive waves, okay, yeah. which then cause the destruction. Is it as simple as if, God, if, if there were no shaking, moving or plate tectonics? And that would stop the suffering. But what else would it stop? Mm. I, was, I was reading um, you know, a, a, a writing by a, a Harvard University professor who's done quite an extensive body of work on, on this, on plate tectonics, right. uh, Diana Valencia. Here's uh, what she says. Plate tectonics, the movement of huge chunks or plates of the planet's surface, are crucial to the planet's habitability because they enable complex chemistry and recycle substances like carbon dioxide, which acts as thermostat to keep the Earth warming. Right. And so carbon dioxide that was locked into rocks is released when those rocks melt, returning to the atmosphere from the volcanoes, and oceanic ridges, recycling is important even on a planetary scale. Right. So it's part of the process which helps the Earth stay regenerative. Yes. 
So in other words, if there were no earthquakes, there would be no life here. Mm. No, no one to be experiencing suffering anyway. Now. Yeah, yeah. So by asking, could, why, why doesn't God stop the earthquakes? We're asking more than we actually mm. are capable of understanding. Okay. And so some of these natural events are part and parcel of the fabric of what it is to have an earth. Yeah. To have a, you know, a, a biodiversity mm. so that our life is even made possible. Yeah, yeah. And so maybe the question would be, instead of saying, why wouldn't God stop the event that mm. will cause me suffering? Uh, because these events sustain my life for me to even be here in the first place. Yeah, yeah. How about asking the question, what's the best way for me to respond when these events happen? Mm. Why? Because you can put two people in the same set of circumstances. That causes a loss of a loved one. Yeah. Or even be treated harshly, even in case of evil. But they can respond in two different ways. Mm. And someone would say, oh, look, the, you know, that event there, tonight it happened. I lost my loved one, but that, the loss of my loved one actually taught me how to be resilient, self-reliant, and so on and so forth. Right. And so you can have two different people mm. put in the same set of circumstances who respond very differently to it. Right. So one person would, ex would say, I am suffering because of this experience. Yeah which would be them saying, I am choosing to suffer because I am choosing to have an emotional response yeah. to this, which I in turn interpret as suffering. But another person might say, well, that just made me stronger. Yeah. So whilst it might not have been comfortable at the time, yeah. in the long run, uh, I feel like that's almost been beneficial in a way. Well, yes, that is true to a certain extent, but I think we need to be very careful uh, to not make the person who's actually suffering feel like they were guilty for their own suffering. Right. Uh, it's not that they sat there and thought, okay, this event is happening and I'm going to choose to respond exactly this way so that I can suffer. Yeah. It's not that simple. It's that they might not have known how to respond any other way. Mm. And therefore, the response causes that suffering they are experiencing. Yeah. And so what we would do, especially like in my case, probably as, as, as a minister or as, as a pastor is to sort of, you know, we cannot respond to life beyond the set of knowledge and assumptions that we have acquired, sometimes actively, sometimes sometimes latently. Like, mm. you, know, you know, maybe my mom and dad used to respond to this kind of situation that way and then me, without knowing, I've picked it up from them or the mm. society and the culture within which I live yeah. respond to things this way. Yeah. And therefore, that's the way I've learned to respond it was not as though I deliberately decided I'm going to respond exactly okay. that way. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is that when we go through suffering, uh, while it is real, uh, it is good for us to sort of you know, uh, pull back a little bit and think of the set of assumptions that we have had. Mm. And if we can't do that ourselves, uh, sometimes it's good to have good friends, good mentors, yeah. people who can sort of talk to us about yeah. A perspective that might, you know, sometimes when you're going through that period of time, it's like you're basically engrossed into it. It's like a bubble. Mm. And your suffering is real. You can't just go, I'm going to put my suffering down. I'm going to go just simply sort of self-reflect. Some people can do that, yeah. but not everybody can. So that's why you need uh, mm. people around you who can sort of give you a bit more perspective. Okay. On that.